what is going on, baby? Nate Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 17. Do you need a financial coach? The importance of accountability with Tanya Schultz, aka The Money Life Coach. How y'all doing, man? Hope everybody is keeping well. Happy Sunday if you're listening to this on real time. Up here in the Great White North, it's Victoria Day weekend, so I hope you guys are enjoying your long weekends. Usually on Sundays, I release a monologue, soliloquy type thing where I pick a topic and I go in depth. But because I'm in the middle of a move right now, I ain't going to leave you high and dry with no episode, but I'm going to release an interview that I had done last week. So Tanya and I had a great discussion. She's actually from Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Shout out Nevada, you heard. We had a great discussion on what financial coaching is, life coaching in general, why it might be good for some people. We also talk about some roadblocks that people face with respect to their personal finances, common misconceptions. We talk about a lot and I really enjoyed sitting down with her. If so, if you wanna know if financial coaching could help take your finances to the next level, which it very much could, you definitely wanna stick around. Also guys, you'll notice that my audio in the interview isn't very good and I just wanted to apologize in advance. I'm really trying to work on interview audio, trying to work out some bugs because a lot of the time I have to do it through the platform. My computer isn't that great, it's really slow so I have to do it through my phone and I mean, if you really wanna know the whole process, I could definitely let you know if you wanna message me but essentially, I'm working through some stuff right now and it's going to get better, so I apologize in advance for that. It isn't horrible, but, you know, it's obviously not this sort of quality. So really going to work on that, guys. Here's the interview with Tanya, the Money Life Coach. Tanya, how's it going? Hey, I'm great. How are you? How's Canada? Good. It's, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, it's getting, it's like off and on cold. Like it's cold and it's warm and it's cold. So it's, it's just been weird. But I mean, we're all inside. So it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> but uh, how about you? You're, you're in Lake Tahoe, right? Yeah, I'm in Tahoe and it's been unseasonably warm here. So we've had some warmer weather for the springtime and um, it's going to get cold, I think, again this week. Same thing. It kind of goes back and forth. But summer here is epic. So I really can't wait <laughs> for it to get, we can be on the lake. I can imagine, yeah, wow. I, I mean, I only, I hear about Lake Tahoe in like, in like songs and, I don't know, pop culture and things like that. So I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, it's awesome down there. Uh, but uh, yeah, just jumping into it, you know, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, your sort of upbringing and, um, you know, how you sort of found yourself uh, in coaching and where you are right now. Sure. Well, I grew up in Southern California. I've been in California the majority of my life and I was always into writing. So even as a kid, I loved journaling and stuff like that. And um, I wanted to really be in film and TV and stuff like that. But in LA, it's so overcrowded. You know, it was just seemed really overcrowded and it was hard to get through school doing that. Like it took me a long time. So I transitioned to journalism and I actually, my original career was in, was a, as a writer for snowboard magazines. So I worked in the snowboard. Yeah, it was really fun. So I worked in that industry for about 10 years and I loved it because I love snowboarding. So I, once I realized you could get paid to write and snowboard, I was like, wait a second, I got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, And I did that and I loved it. And as I transitioned out of that, you know, I, I just really love writing. So I continued that and started writing for marketing for companies. So I worked for 
GoPro and Stitch Fix and like bigger, some bigger tech companies for a while in San Francisco. And actually I fell into coaching by accident, really. Personal development, I've always been interested in it. So that wasn't, that wasn't ever hard for me. I always loved reading. The majority of my books are personal development books. Uh, yep. and your mindset. And I'm, that's always been interesting to me. So coaching came about for me because I was going through my own journey and paying off debt and figuring out my finances in my thirties and being like, feeling like I should be further ahead in life Mm -hmm. and wanting to get out of debt and figure stuff out. So I started, you know, reading financial coaching books and just financial podcasts and listening to all kinds of stuff, finance related. And it took me about eight months to pay off my debt. And I did it really quickly. And I just got on this, like, I got really intentional and got on a plan. And after being debt free, I felt really empowered to coach others. Mm. And I want to help other people feel the way I feel because I felt stuck for so long. Yeah, I felt like in a debt cycle and kind of like I couldn't get out of it. So I was like, wait, I can, I, and I want to be able to serve like, you know, when I was younger, it was all, it's all kind of like, it was about my ego. Like I thought it was cool. Cause I was in the snowboard industry and right. people my name and stuff, but it's like, it's more than that to me now. It's like about how many people I can help through coaching and through teaching them about finance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are you in both personal development coaching as well as uh, personal finance coaching? Yeah. So, I mean, I call my company the money life coach. And it's really based on life coaching principles and mindset and finance related. So it kind of, I, I feel like they, they both go together mm-hmm. when it comes to finance. It is a lot about your mindset and things that block you as far as making money. Really, you know, a lot of people grow up with beliefs that don't, yeah. that aren't theirs. I grew up in middle, in like middle income family, but my parents kind of, they always thought about money, constant battle in my family. So, um, yeah, a lot of the work I do is around mindset and where your beliefs about your money come from and breaking through those. For sure. For sure. So why do you think that, I mean, obviously money, I I think it's such a pervasive issue for so many people. And like, why do you personally think that it's so taboo to talk about given one of the biggest things that everybody has in common, right? The sort of need for it. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think it's, I, I think it's weird. Like the more I'm learning about it and into it, I don't know why it's such a taboo. I don't know if it's, um, if the banks and advertising and marketing just has so many people focused on taking out credit and debt. And because of the people, uh, most of the people are in debt. So there's so many, so much of America that's now embarrassed and feels guilty for taking on debt and they don't want to talk about it and it's easier to ignore. So I feel like that's probably part of it. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think, I think it's such a, it's a, it's kind of a hard question. So I think I put you on the spot there, but what I always come back to is I think it's a lot of its status. And I think people either don't want to seem cocky about it. So they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to seem like they don't have any. So they don't want to talk about it. And I think it's just, it, it's, it always comes down to fear of what other people think. Um, yeah. regardless of if they have a, like I've met people that are very well off that hide it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they don't want to be perceived as a certain type of way, and I've you know I've known people that don't have any, and they they flaunt material things, and 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 so I think it's more like a psychological or a, 
personality thing and it's it's very deep so it's it's really awesome to see that you're sort of addressing that do you find that with your clients that you have to sort of work through that uh, to have breakthroughs or do you find that a lot of them have self-selected themselves to you yeah i will say because i coach mostly women that it is a lot of there's usually something blocking them even if it's a simple thing like doing their budget like i've worked with women who are just like I can't, I don't know, they'll say like something's blocking me. I don't know why it is that I can't like, that I don't want to focus on it. Like there, so there is usually something blocking them. Um, so I just, you know, coaching is all about asking questions. It's not about me providing like, this is what you need to do. And like X, Y, Z, you know, it's not like advice from a friend. It's really like, they usually come to the conclusion. I think I was talking to you about this the other day too. It's like, they usually know what they need to do. They just kind of need that accountability and somebody to, to ask them questions like they know what to do they just need to be able to put it into action right right so with with coaching and you know we'll talk about the development coaching but just like the personal finance coaching is it one of those things where you have clients that you're sort of for lack of a better term like chronic with like they just stick with you for a long time or do you sort of unlock that potential within them equip them with the tools they need and sort of off you go yeah it just depends like i I do one-on-one coaching, but I do do like a program. So it's generally a 90 day program. Cause I feel like if you can be consistent with somebody, even over three months, they can then go out on their own or they feel like they have enough to go out on their own. But there are some people who just want a one-off session for whatever reason. So it really just depends. And then I have group coaching and an online live course that helps people in a group setting, showing them exactly how to budget and working also on mindset and stuff like that too. But yeah, it really just depends. And it's like, you try not to put pressure on people because people might not be able to afford it or, or, you know, there's just obviously so much going on in the world right now. They have, you're emotionally consumed with something else that it can't your finances right now. So yeah, it really just depends on what they want, how open they are. And some people aren't willing to take feedback and aren't willing, like you get them coaching and then they're just like, oh, I'm going to do it like, I'm going to do it on my own. Like they kind of like think they can take it from there. So I'm like, okay, go. There you right. go. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. I, I, again, like it's just, you know, different people, different types of uh, personalities, things like that. Yeah. Now with, with, with coaching, you know, what's the sort of parameters around it? Like if you're you know, just opposing it with a financial planner or a wealth manager or things like that, like what's the sort of difference? Is it more of a complication actually getting in the weeds yeah definitely it's like the best way would explain it it's it's somewhat like a therapy session sometimes as a coach um but like i said it's a lot of like asking questions and having them come to the conclusion themselves financial planning and working with an accountant and stuff they are giving you like tactical very tactical things that you need to do and helping you create a plan i also help them create a plan but it is a lot more about their lifestyle and just like somebody would, if they wanted to change their health and how they eat, you want to change how you're, how you are operating around money. So that's what like I help them do as a coach, like help holding them um, to be accountable to do their budget every month and checking in with them, just like in a therapy session, how you're like your monthly check in on like how you're doing mentally, what's going on this month, what are your goals. So yeah, it's definitely different as far as the information that you give somebody. Right. And yeah. it's funny. So I have, I have a pretty, a decently big background in fitness. And, um, 
there's there's a huge, huge, huge coaching industry in, in fitness, and there's obviously a huge uh, personal uh, trainer industry that's you know billion dollars in industry now. And yeah. I always think of it as like personal training is like you know they come in and they basically tell you what to do and you just kind of do it. But coaching is that accountability factor. And what I love about coaching in general is it's it's more flexible, it's more uh, conducive to people's lifestyle, and um, that's that's what's so intriguing about what you're doing. Yeah, and you're creating a plan that works for that person. Like every single person has a different background and a different like no, not one person's income's the same or what they spend their money on is the same. So it really is like a custom setup for that person, just like it is for health, health and fitness and creating a plan for somebody. For sure, for sure. So now you, you also do personal development coaching. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's kind of included in what I do. Right now I merged the two. Like I said, my company is called The Money Life Coach. So, cause there's life coaching, right? Like life coaching is a thing. The course that I took to get certified to coach is called a financial life coaching certificate. So it's merging the two. Cause like I said, one can't really happen without the other. As far as coaching goes, I, since I personally like personal development, <laughs> personally, I feel like it's all about managing your mind Absolutely. It's coming into your mind, managing what you're thinking about. So it's helping people understand what they're thinking, why they're thinking it. It also has to do with your beliefs, but being able to say like, are you really afraid you're going to lose all your money? Or are you going to afraid you're going to lose or like what's actually underneath the surface? Like what's going on? Right. It's like people have all these fears and like 90% of them never happen. Right. So it's like, mm. I'm so worried and fearful that we're going to lose all of our money or lose our job or whatever it may be. And it's like, it's usually, um, they're just focusing on it unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. And For like, sure. let's shift yourself on the things you can control. Like you can control creating a budget and sticking to the budget with using what you have now. Like let's focus on that. Mm -hmm. And you have X and I deal with too, a lot of people who say they don't have money or are worried that they have all this debt. They have money in savings. Yeah. It's really interesting. One person's interpretation of not having money and somebody else's and somebody right. else's interpretation of having a lot of debt and someone else's like I was talking to somebody who had like 50,000 in student loan debt and he's like oh my payments you know 150 a month I was like so you're gonna be paying that off for 50 years yeah he's like oh I didn't think about it like that I, I, I'm like okay and but to him it was like no big deal and then I talked to somebody who was like $10,000 in debt. And they're like, Oh my God, I just, I just want to pay this off. Like they're freaking out about it. And I'm like, you pay that off in three months. Like you get focused and do, do this budget in X, Y, Z. So it's like always interesting people's interpretation. I feel like that's where the development comes in and having them see a different perspective. Cause we have tunnel vision for ourselves. Sometimes you got to have people see your blind spots. Right. You know how you are just like, if you're in health and fitness and coaching, like you said, coaching sports, somebody can't see how they're doing something. They need somebody else to be like, Hey, change this and do this little tweak. And then magic. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. No, I, you know what I love? I love that note off perspective you just said, because one of my, I, I, so I took a personal finance course like in, in university and the, the prof is actually like, you know, one thing that he always says is that people love to think in terms of the now and can I afford it? 
definition of affording things is like how much of the payment's going to be. But like yeah. more grand scheme, big picture things, it, it kind for some people it's just like whatever. As long as I can incrementally pay it off, like whatever, right? And I think that's one of the biggest problems for people with respect to personal finances is thinking in those terms rather than thinking of the holistic like big picture. And and so if you're kind of stuck in that box, so to speak, you know, it's going to be hard for not only you to pay off your debt, but to start investing and thinking about the big picture and putting away money because all you're thinking about is how much money you're losing in the now, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. And yeah, people just don't, I, I mean, I thought that way for a long mm-hmm. time. I thought it was like, my, what, how much can I afford to buy this car or, you know, to make payments and I'll just, it's so easy to make payments on like everything, which yeah, is oh yeah. just ridiculous. And I feel like it's scary. You know what I mean? Like it's getting scarier and scarier. Um, I feel like with the podcast, like what you're doing and work that we're all doing and we're all becoming more aware, but thinking long-term, like you said, like how long am I going to be paying this off? Is this really worth it? So many people don't realize, I mean, I've made the mistake of buying a brand new car and thinking about that now and knowing what I know, how much value it loses when you take it off the lot, just because I'm getting 0% interest. It sounds great in theory. Like you said, like, Ooh, 0%. That's, they're like giving me this car. (laughs) <laughs> but then yeah they're handing it out yeah yeah it's like ridiculous like it's it's a selling tactic though it's marketing and like i said we have to be hyper aware of our long-term goals and how this this one thing might set us back and something i just heard recently that i have been telling people how coaching people on is like think about every dollar you spend as an investment not as like a purchase so what are you investing in you know what are you creating for yourself? And like, what are you investing in? Not like, do I want these, this nice purse or this nice car? What does that say about me? It's like, is this some good investment long, long term? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, I I definitely think in those terms as well. And and with respect to like food, for example, like like what's the return on investment for buying, you know, boneless, skinless chicken breast? Well, it's going (laughs) to save me a ton of time. There's a ton of protein. It's good for my health, et cetera, et cetera. Or, or like veggies or things like that versus like maybe junk food. Like I'm spending my money and I'm getting a negative return kind of thing. And, and it's the same with money, same with any sort of purchase, like you're saying. And yeah, I think, I think it's all about like getting the best bang for your buck at the end of the day. It's interesting. So with, with your coaching, you know, you just kind of see overarching like themes that are, doesn't matter. If it's, if it's life, if it's personal finance, if it's relationships, et cetera, it's the same thing that's holding somebody back. For sure. It's some sort of worry. The most common one is thinking you're going to lose everything, ending up like you're, maybe you grew up, I don't want to say like a low income. Yeah. Like a low income household where you didn't have everything. This one girl I was coaching, she was so fearful of ending up broke, ending up on the streets, basically her her worst fear, she was like manifesting it because she was so stressed out about it. But she was just like, I'm going to end up with no money. We're going to end up on the street. And I'm like, you have $50,000 in your bank account. You're right. doing like better than ni- probably 95% of the middle class and like kind of taking her a step back. So it is usually rooted in something either that you grew up around. Mm-hmm. I would say I generally see that, but it does take a little like digging and understanding. Absolutely, absolutely. So what are the, I mean, aside from the situation, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that in a sec, but what are some hurdles that you face as a coach if it's 
life coaching or personal finance coaching, what, what, what's, what's the, what, what's hard to coach through? Like how, I, I'd imagine it's not, you know, a seamless process, right? There's not like a specific thing. I think coaching is difficult, can be difficult because you want the best for somebody. And sometimes like being an enabler in some ways and wanting to help people, I want to do it for them. And it's like, let me just do that. Like, this is what you need to do. Let me do your budget. Let me, and it's like, they need to learn how to do it. So as a coach, it's hard to, you have to be able to give them the information, understand that they, like, they have to make the decision to do what they want with it. You can't do things for them. You can't pay off their debt. You can't help them see something that they don't want to see. So yeah, that's the really difficult part is like working with some people who I guess just have blocks and they don't really want to move past it or they still want to see things the way they want to see them. Right. I have to, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I haven't formally coached, but within my family, like I do it a lot and I have that same sort of problem where I'm just like, give me your phone. Like I'll, I'll just talk to your bill provider or like, like just give me a piece of paper. Like, well, just write out your budget right now or something like that. And it's like, and then I always tell them like, as it's so funny. As as I'm doing it for them, I'm telling them that they need to be the ones doing it. You need you need to be doing this, you know. I can't be doing this all the time. And so it's just for me, I, I just always I'm always thinking, well if I don't do it then who's gonna do it, right? And so like that's not necessarily it might be true in my life that that's how I need to think, but I, I have to have that sort of I guess perspective and try to try to like really guide them. So how do you how do you push your clients without being intrusive or, you know, doing it for them. Yeah, I feel like it is about boundary setting. So setting boundaries and giving them the information, asking them different questions, continuously asking them questions from a different angle because we learn differently. We all take in information differently. So it's like send them articles, send them a podcast, send them, tell them to read this book, like seeing things from a different perspective. Sometimes, you know, kind of just like when you have a parent who tells you something and then you have a friend who tells you something, you're like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear it from my parent, but like, I'll listen to this person. So it's kind of like, you have to try different tactics as a coach. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's group coaching. Like people really thrive seeing other people get coached too and seeing how they are having a transformation. Because for me, that's what really encouraged me to pay off my debt was listening to story after story after story of people paying off debt on the Dave Ramsey podcast and like, People paying off way more debt than I had and way and making me way less money. And so you just have to be able, it's different things work for different people. And for me, that was seeing other people doing the same thing that had less than me and being like, okay, that makes it possible for me. It's definitely like a, like an aha moment. Like it's, 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 it's different for some people. Maybe it's gradual for some people. Um, but you know, in general, people need to see it to believe it. And, um, I, yeah. that, that very much makes sense, uh, you know, why you were able to, to kind of just be like, wow, like, wow, this is, this is crazy. So you find that those sort of sticking points are different from client to client where they have that moment where they're like, okay, like they're completely on board or do you, or do clients more so like they just gradually get better? It, yeah, it depends on the person, but I feel like it definitely takes, they've already made a first step. They decided that they want to get coached. That's a huge step that someone's already taken to know that they want to work on this thing. But sometimes, like you were saying, some people just want it done for them. Yeah. Like they don't, they want a simple, they want an automated system that figures it out. 
magic wand, pay off their debt, whatever it is. Like yeah, that's yeah. How it works. Like people love to buy stuff, but then they don't want to do the work to get out of debt. So yeah, it's like you <laughs> have to be able to be like, I can't do this for you. People ask me in my budget sheet, like, is there an automated, is there an easier way? And I'm like, no, you have to look at this sheet like almost every single day and make sure you're hands-on doing it, looking at it, because it's not going to magically get done for you. So. Yeah, and I think I think for me too, like I, I'm very hyper aware of my budget and my finances coming in and out, cash flow, all that. Um, but I think I've gradually like turned into where I can just check in and just make sure that I'm still steering the ship, so to speak, in the in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But I think I think people miss that like once they get that sort of muscle developed, they'll that they'll naturally not want to spend money. Like I find that like I don't spend money enough. Like I I wear the same thing over and over and over, and it's like I <laughs> I need to, I need to spend money to get a you know a half decent shirt or something like that. So yeah. Like, I think, I think to some degree, maybe, you know, that's a little extreme, but mm-hmm. I think, I think people can definitely get to a place where it's, it's, they don't have to be in the weeds every day. Yeah, no, I feel like that's so true. It's like, for me, I feel like the same way I've really scaled back. And I feel like, especially when I was paying off debt, you really evaluate what matters to you in life, like the things that you need and how much stuff we really consume and how much stuff that we don't really need. Like I'm fine wearing the same thing. Like I'm, I'm not bothered to buy new clothes every single day. That's not where I want to spend my money. Yeah. It's all about your values. Like what you value, it comes back to your values as a person evaluating that too. Cause it's like, I don't teach people like you just need to save. you shouldn't spend any money. I, I, even when they're paying off debt, it's like have 50 to a hundred dollars in your entertainment budget. Like you still have to have fun and enjoy life, but mm-hmm. two people live way beyond their means and live paycheck to paycheck. And it's just not, they don't have enough money, you know, when they want to retire and they want to know why. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I actually talked to my brother about this and uh, we, we got in, in a little bit of a, like an argument and he was telling me, uh, we were talking about money and things like that. And, you know, I was trying my best not to be, you know, big, he's my younger brother. I'm not trying to be big brother, finance, Nate, you know, I'm not trying to like, yeah. He, I, he, he'll just check out, right? <laughs> and, uh, he, like, and I can't blame him. I'm always talking about this stuff. So we're just chatting. And then he said, well, I, I tried budgeting and it, it, it didn't work. And I said, well, did you budget for like booze? Did you budget for the move? Did you budget to go to the club? And he's like, why would I do that? And I was like, well, then it's not, it's never going to work. <laughs> it's never going to work because you're always going to break the, the budget. You, you have to be realistic. And I'm telling you, it's not like, it's not like making a budget doesn't mean you don't, you don't spend your money at, mm-hmm. uh, on things that don't like, that aren't maybe investing or saving, but it just means you're telling, you're being more thoughtful about where it's going. Yeah. I mean, that's the common misconception is like budgeting holds you back and it restricts your spending. When actually I feel like I have more money and I know exactly how much is in my account at all times. I know what it's allocated to. And, you know, I just bought a hundred dollar pair of sunglasses yesterday. I was like, I've wanted these sunglasses for a long time. It wasn't an impulse buy. Right. It was something I've saved for. And so I'm going to spend, I have that in my budget to put towards those sunglasses. Years ago when I didn't have a budget, it's like, how much money is in my account? This is how most people budget. Let's open my bank account. Oh. At 2000, okay, cool. Let's go to book a trip here, go there. And then they wonder why they don't have enough money when their rent comes. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, I think there's a term for it. It's just like, 
booking accounting or something like that where you just look and then you're like, all right, cool, and then you just kind of <laughs> off the go. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it, again, like, it's just, again, being intentional. And, um, you know, what would you say is the number one value for people um, that, that really sets them apart with respect to personal Is it consistency? Is it intentionality? Is it, like, what do you think in your opinion? Yeah, I definitely think consistency overall, being consistent is really the key to success for me in everything I do. So especially with having a budget over the last five years um, and just being consistent with working out. When you're consistent every day, you see results. When you're consistent over time, you see results. So it's like being able to do something over and over and over again. You can't do your budget once for one month and think like, I'm done budgeting. That's right. it. Your budget's different every single month. Different things come up. You have to be willing to put in that time every single month, just like you do watching Netflix all day. All these yeah. people, they know which every freaking show's on TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's going on in everybody's life, but they don't want to spend 10 minutes a month doing their budget. It, like, blows my mind sometimes. I'm just like... It's just a sort of unawareness, and I, I don't even like... I don't like to hold it against people because it's not... It's something if you if you're not aware of your potential per se or what you can do, then you're not going to be driven to to make any changes, right? Because a lot of the people, it's not that they're sitting here being like, "Wow, like I could probably be a millionaire by the time I'm 65." Like, no doubt about it. Like, if they knew that, then they, I guarantee you, they'd be more driven. But like to some people, that's just so like unrealistic and so like out there, and so it's just they'd rather you know watch whatever's on ABC or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a fixed, it's fixed mindset. So it's like seeing something your way, tunnel vision versus growth mindset. So like thinking like what's possible instead of like, this is how it is. Like, this is how it's going to be. My parents were like this. So this is how it's going to be for me. I can only make $20 an hour in my job. That's the most I'm ever going to make. Like they just put like limitations on our, we put limitations on ourselves all the time, but like absolutely with our money and stuff, it's just like the limitations that we just think. This is how it is. So-and-so right. is a millionaire, but I can't. Like, why are they different than you? Right, right. And so have you, do you see that some of your clients evolve from a fixed to a growth mindset? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. People, um, like I said, it just takes some, sometimes an outside perspective to be like, why don't you look at it this way? Mm. Or, you know, I can notice that something's blocking them, what's holding them back. But yeah, I mean... Most of the people I've worked with have had pretty big revelations and all of a sudden like aha, aha moments, like you said, where it's like, oh, why wasn't I doing this all along? And even if it's like this one girl that I just worked with too, I make everybody when they take my budgeting course, look at their last three months of spending. And a lot of people don't want to face their bills and what's in their account. Um, so I really get into like time to pull back the curtain, take a look at everything and she had stuff like subscriptions and things that she was paying for years. She'd been wasting 10, who knows how much money. Plus she had fraud on her account. Like people just like, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm not going to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think there's such a, there's such a big problem with fraud actually. And, and banking fees. Oh my God. I, when I was a few years ago when I was in school, I wasn't as aware. And so when I was checking my account, I, I went back month after month and I noticed that I was getting fee after fee deducted. And I'm on a student account, so I shouldn't have been getting anything deducted. And luckily, like banks, as long as you, you know, call and 
is somewhat persistent. Yeah. They'll they'll clear they'll clear everything and it's all good. But like, imagine if they didn't, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah, and sometimes fraud, like uh, most fraud, is very small amounts under ten bucks. So it's yeah. like two bucks here, three bucks here. Yeah, it might not seem a lot, but your account is compromised. Your social security number. Who knows if they're opening accounts in your name? Don't pay close enough attention. So it is about being intentional too, definitely. Yeah. With, with your coaching business, I'd imagine it's online uh, to begin with. But how how have you pivoted um, with these times? I mean, money is obviously more on people's minds than mm-hmm. other times, right? So how, how is that sort of affecting your business? Business-wise, I've actually been making more money in my coaching in the last few months because I feel like people have really been like, oh, I got to figure this out now. You know what I mean? Like it's been... Right, right. It's made a lot of people have to look and realize that they could lose their job and they do need an emergency fund. So for me, um, it's been really good. And I've been really excited because I'm like, this is what I've been trying to tell you all along. It's kind of like when something happens, you know, and you're like, this is why I've been telling you this. So it's like, yeah. it gives me validation um, and helps me. I've, I've developed a group coaching program to show people exactly how to budget because I do think your budget is your foundation to your finance. So like, if you don't have a budget, um, then you don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> so really honing in on your budget and teaching people how to budget. So many people don't know how to budget. We we're never taught that and really teaching them. So for me, it's been great. And I feel like I'm more motivated now to be able to teach this to more people and to share it with more people. And it's given me a platform in a way instead of, I know a lot of people have been like, is it right to, to sell right now and to sell coaching and to do this when people are like vulnerable. And I'm like, no, this is the best time. People are like, want to take initiative and right. really figuring out like, I need to have an emergency fund and not have all this debt that I'm worried about if something like this happens again or if an emergency does happen. So I feel like mm-hmm. that's been a, it's been a crazy few months in general for everybody, but it's really been motivating for me and motivating for a lot of other people. Absolutely. And you know, it, it's a little bit disheartening for me when I, when I see that sort of rhetoric around, oh, well, you're just prying on people um, because they're vulnerable. And I think it's like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I just shake my head. You know what I mean? I, I, know, I know you know exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like I'm trying I'm to offer a service that's trying to help them never be in this situation ever again. And, you know, I'm the piranha. You know what I mean? It, 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 and so, like, it's just, it's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, what matters is that people like you are out here trying to, you know, better people's lives, show them what they're made of. And I think even with this podcast, too, it's just, like, I'm not here to... Even like I'm not not that there's anything wrong with selling, but like I'm genuinely like not here to sell you anything at all. I genuinely like just want you to do your thing and like get better. And like I do, I do hear sometimes like comments of like you know like well, what do you know or like who like you know yeah. who 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 are you to who are you to say what you're saying? And I'm like look, I'm just a personal finance nerd. Like you can <laughs> choose to listen to me or not. I'm not out here telling you know you exactly what to do. I'm just you know sharing info. So it's. It's interesting you said that. It kind of struck a nerve with me a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like people think they don't have free will. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have yeah. to follow me. You don't. You have free will. You're making a decision if you want to follow me and buy my program. It's not like 
I'm showing up at your house or calling you every day. Like you need to do this now. It's like you make a decision, just like Sonny makes a decision to overspend or go into debt. They're making a decision to listen to your podcast and learn something. And if you want to sell something, you should. It's a podcast. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a way people are making a ton of money right now. You're giving people advice though, and you're not like you're not forcing anything on anybody. So. Exactly, and you know that was that was that was a when I first started that was a fear of mine, like imposter syndrome, like, mm-hmm. like you know who who am I to say it? And I I just kind of got over it. I was like, well, I don't care. Like I'm like yeah. the big thing with me is like I'll be scared of something, but I just I'm like I don't care. I'll do it anyway. And like like this is this the same sort of thing. You know, it's crazy. Like you just kind of have to get over that. Like I I genuinely was like, well, like I always tell myself like. If people thought I was annoying, like they'd unfollow me, and like I haven't had like a single person even like that I know or even remotely know like say anything remotely bad. But in my head, before I started, it was like, oh my god, like half of these people are going to be like, what's this guy saying? And da, da, da. and I, my my mind was running, but like again, like I, I'll never let that stop me. But it's crazy that those thoughts still happen to everyone, right? Yeah, and that's a part of like the thought work that I like to work on too. Like, is this actually true? Like what, what do I have to prove that people aren't going to like this or that people aren't going to listen? Because when I first started really putting videos out there on Instagram and putting myself out there more, I got a ton of good feedback. Like most of the people, things are like, thank you for this. And, and people, you don't even really know that you're, that you're influencing, you know, I'll hear from a friend of a friend, like so-and-so, showed me your profile or I've inspired, I was inspired to pay off debt because of you, you know, and this is like months later. See, you never know the impact you're having. And if you have a good intention, the positive impact you're trying to make, then that's all that matters. It's not like I do get some, some negative every once in a while. It's normally insurance agents trying to say, you know, they're, they're mad. I'm saying something about life insurance, but I'm like, you're a life insurance agent. Of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah, it's, it's, again, like, it's just, I always tell people, like, you know, it's not about being afraid. It's about, like, just doing it anyway, right? Like, you're going to always have some sort of fear, whatever it is, right? Uh, to some degree. It might, for some other people, they're just cold-blooded and, like, I admire those people. But for me, a lot of the time, like, there's a little bit and you just kind of have to get over it. But, uh, Tanya, that's really all I have for you today. I really enjoyed chatting about coaching and, personal finance, roadblocks, budgeting. We talked about a lot today. So thank you so, so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Check out Tanya's stuff. Money Life Coach, right? Money Life Coach. Yeah, The Money Life Coach. It's T-H-E. Um, yeah, themoneylifecoach.com is the website. I'm on Instagram at Tanya Schultz. So it's T-A-W-N-Y-A-S-C-H-E-L-T-Z. And my name is also The Money Life Coach on Instagram. And, um, yeah, lots of content on YouTube and I have a budgeting course and a free budget worksheet that I use. I, I give away a free budget worksheet on my website, the same one I used to pay off $28,000 of debt. So I give that away for free and yeah, I feel like you can find me if you wanted to. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay, guys, go the money life coach. Go check her out, guys. That was great. Thank you so much, Tanya. And we'll yeah. see you soon. Thank you. So there you have it. A awesome interview with Tanya. I actually learned a ton about coaching. It's something that I've thought about 
I don't know, maybe in the near future or down the line, I'd consider it. But it was so cool to kind of learn that it's very flexible and it really can help people uh, take their stuff to the next level. I think accountability for me is a big, big thing. I'm such a big proponent in that. And so, you know, I'm all for people saving their money, etc. But I'm also for people, you know, paying for things that make them so much better. And so if you find a good coach or someone at least to keep you accountable, keep you on track, that is, you know, priceless, right? So obviously, I'm not saying go and hire a $1,000 an hour coach or whatever like that. But, you know, coaching in any capacity, whether it's personal finance, like we talked about, or fitness or whatever it is can really pay off down the line with whatever you're pursuing. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. On Wednesday, I'm going to be releasing an interview as well. I got a lot of interviews uh, that are going to be really cool too. And then back next Sunday with a regular sort of, you know, one-on-one episode on a specific topic, which is probably going to be relationships. That's what this week was going to be. But, you know, life happens, bro. You got to adjust. You got to roll with the punches. You know what I'm saying? Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, that's all I got for y'all. So I'm out this mother. Peace.